0: now we've been talking about the seven covenant blessings of sonship would you just say that one time for me seven covenant blessings of sonship say it all right that's what i love unity say it again seven see because we're not just going oh tonight we're going to get something the devil can't take away from us seven covenant blessings of sonship. Say it one more time. Now, Malachi 310, you don't need to turn there, says, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house Prove proven now here with saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven, that's the goal. You with me? The goal is getting the windows of heaven open. Open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Uh, That's the victory of the goal. (laughs) When you cross the finish line, there's the blessing. The goal is an open heaven. Mm. The pot of gold at the end of the goal is the blessing. So you got to (laughs) get. You see, you're already looking at me crooked. You gotta, you gotta get to the goal and then you get what's waiting at the end of the goal. Are you, are you with me? And that is the blessing, pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. This is the blessing of living perpetually under an open heaven. Shout that's where I wanna go. Now, I already told you that blessing in the Hebrew means what? Okay, there are not three people that know. Dig back through your notes. Dig back through your notes. We're going to dig in here. If you don't want to dig, you just want to dance, then we'll change. Somebody up here, say it to me. Empowered through revelation knowledge to prosper. That's your Breakthrough. See, that's what you've been shouting about, but you didn't know it. A breakthrough is a sudden burst of the advanced knowledge or revelation knowledge of God, which will propel you of its own power through every line of Satan's defense. Say, I want a breakthrough. A breakthrough opens the heaven. A breakthrough allows God to pour you out a blessing. There's not room enough to receive it. And that blessing means you are empowered. Shout power. Because that's going to become real important. Power. Say, I have power to prosper. Now, now, get this. Just go like this. Take your hand like this and just wipe your mind clean. Because you've had so much teaching on finan- Finances because that's a place that we are in in the body of christ worldwide where god needs to get that revelation in us so we can finance the last great end time harvest but it's too often the point that when you say that folks only think of finances so so for our contextual discussion let's not deal necessarily with finances right now let's talk about the totality of your life oh hallelujah I said the totality of your life, empowered through revelation knowledge to prosper. Here's what it means. Nothing broken, nothing missing. Now, these blessings I shared with you are pronounced and released only from a father to a son or daughter. Now, you're real quiet. Because we got real authentic about that two weeks ago. And I asked you who your daddy is. And a whole lot of folk can't say. A whole lot of folk can't say. They're everybody's stepchild and nobody's birth child. Oh, I'm talking to you now and you're not listening to me. Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Now, I wish I had time to go through an entire discussion of how you recognize your father. A father is one who provides or has a plan of foreknowledge for those of his house. He is supernaturally, spiritually endowed to release a blessing upon sons or daughters. Therefore, there is fruit. In the lives of those sons or daughters so you can begin to trace that back and see if you can find a father this blessing that is released by a father upon a son or a daughter is an inheritance that is already there now i'm going to freak you out luke 3 21 We showed you that three things happen when heaven opens. The Holy Ghost descends, a voice from heaven speaks, and the Father pronounces a blessing. Then I gave you the four prerequisites to the blessing. And he came into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of what? Repentance for the remission of sins. Next. Now, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying the heaven open so there are prerequisites and then the next verse do you have the next verse you remember what happened when the heaven opened a voice from heaven spoke and said what so when heaven opened a voice from heaven spoke the holy spirit descended and God pronounced the blessing of sonship upon his son yes but there were four prerequisites to God the Father releasing that blessing upon his son. They are no different for us. First of all, Jesus had to repent. Luke 3, 3. Secondly, he had to be baptized in water. I walked you through these last week. Thirdly, he had to pray. And praying, the heaven was opened. Fourthly, he had to reach the age of maturity. Now, there's where we were going, Luke 3, 23. And Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age, as was supposed, the son of Joseph, which was the son of Heli. How old was Jesus when he got under an open heaven? How old was he? How many years did Jesus live on the earth? If all Jesus did, if the only purpose in Jesus' coming was to die on a cross and forgive your sins, why did He stay here 30 years before He did any of it? Well, now, wait a minute, He didn't have to be prepared, He came from heaven down. Do you ever wonder about those 30 years of silence? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, after page two or three of whichever synoptic gospel you're looking at, deal with the last three years of Jesus' life. The entire gospel. What about the other 30 years? When Jesus began to be about 30 years of age now let me give you a little revelation it was at 30 years of age in the jewish tradition that a man or woman reached watch maturity maturity physically and maturity in their soul or in their mind. At that point, they were no longer a child. You remember the apostle Paul said, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I acted as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Are you with me? Oh, we are gonna have some fun. Go to John three, that's where I had you go, wasn't it? Are you in John three? Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. He was a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born again? When he is old, can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the spirit. Do you remember that Jesus was baptized? Unless he be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, You must be born again. Would you just say those two words? The application of those two words is never exhausted. The consideration of the application of what transpires when we are born again is never beyond consideration. We should continually think about what that means. It means three things in particular. Number one, that through that experience, the God of heaven and earth was going to create a new social order on earth. Secondly, what would be the message of that social order to men? Number one, a new social order. Now, I wish I had time to preach, but I don't have time to preach. Because what I would tell you is that when you become born again, you literally become a new species of being in the earth that has never existed before. You don't realize that, and that's the reason you continue to act as you were, and you just try a little harder to be better. No, I don't have time. I I told you. I'm just going to give it to you. You're going to have to think about it this week. What is that new social order's message to men? And thirdly, what is its aggression in the world? The kingdom of God suffereth violence, and the violent sees hold upon it by force. If he gets the seed, he gets the entire generation. Why? You don't have to do nothing for a weed to grow. You didn't hear me. You didn't hear me. I said, you don't, have to, you don't have to do nothing for a weed to grow. Problem is, we're not the right weeds. If we were, we would be spreading. The early church had no television program, no printing press. They had no radio program. They had no Bible. They had no church building. They had no pew. They had no preacher and inside one generation, they had evangelized the entire known world without a PA system or without a building. The problem is they knew what they got. Our problem is we don't know what we've got and we don't know what kind of animal we are. So, so, so if, if in order to open, live under open heaven, we have to become a son, then that means we have to reach maturity so you want to go through it a little bit okay look at John 1 turn back because this is this is just this is just sick right here listen verse 12 but as many as received him, Mm -hmm. to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them which believe on his name. He gave them power What's a blessing? What's the blessing? Empowered through revelation to prosper. Prosper in my mind. Prosper in my body. Prosper in my home. Prosper in my relationship with God. Which is something nobody wants to talk about. We talk about everything we do outwardly. We never talk about relationships. That's why I said you need to begin to seek God, not about, oh, God, bless the world. Oh, God, meet the needs of the church. Oh, God, bless my children. You need to fall on your knees and say, oh, God, reveal to me, me. Show me, me. Right? Empowered to prosper. Empowered empowered to have the ability to come to maturity see you want the bypass you want to come to maturity by and that's the problem and that's the reason why ain't nobody go to maturity Because all preachers want to do is make sure you have a real good time when you come together to church service so that you keep coming back. So if I really tell you what it really takes to live, it, see, I can dupe you. I can get you to think you're under an open heaven when re- in reality, all you really had was some mechanical irrigation. You didn't have no heavenly intervention. You just had mechanical irrigation. In other words, you got a little water splashed in your face, but the heaven is still closed. So I can keep you coming back to get your splash. No, you don't want me to do this. Nah, no, you don't want me to do this. Yeah maturity yes? yes what oh I, I was going i was going to write something watch me to as many as received him to him gave he the power to prosper watch to to them gave he power to watch be Come. He didn't say you were a son of God. He gave you You first gotta All right. be. You can't become until first you are. So there must be two different kinds of sons. Right? Because one son bees and the other son becomes. But you got to be the first kind of son before you can become the second kind. And it is the second kind that lives under an open heaven, not the first kind. First son, technon, T-E-K-N-O-N. Got it? Technon means a son by birth. But then there's a second kind, the one you become that lives under an open heaven. That's H-U-I-O-S. It means a son who has adopted the character and nature of the father. He's the one that got an impartation He's the one that spent 30 years constantly, continually placing himself under the direction of the Father. If you have seen me, you have seen my Father. Okay, you with me? Because I only got to the first, of, first line of three pages that I wrote down this afternoon. So. Are you with me? Okay, John 1, 4. It's amazing the stuff you see if you just open this book. John 1, oh, is it 9 o'clock yet? Hey, man, we only got 15 minutes and we got to receive the offering. Are you Okay. Really, are you okay? I'm not. I'm not trying to believe the point. <laughs> okay, watch what I say. John one, what? John one four. Oh yeah, in Him, who Him is Jesus. In Him was shouted life, and the life was or became. The actual translation says the light poor translation energy of men energy power in him is life and the life that is in him is the energy or the power to prosper or the blessing of men stay with me now are you tracking yeah. just just help me say i'm tracking So then the question becomes, why did Jesus live 33 years if his only purpose was to die for sin? Why? Here's the answer. It's free. To show what a normal man after God's pattern is like what a real son is 30 years 30 years to show us what a real son is Galatians 2:20 The apostle Paul said I am crucified with Christ nevertheless I live watch yet not I but Christ liveth in me. Okay, now. Let's talk about those silent 30 years. Elder Canfield, when we are born again, when we are born again, in actuality, what has happened is that we have simply become perfectly adjusted to God. Watch We have been made righteous, but we have not been made holy. We have right standing with God. I'm born again, brand spanking new, a new creature, a new species of being that's never existed before. Old things are passed away. All things are become new to me, but I am not finished. I have but begun this process of maturing to the point that God looks down from heaven, releases the Holy Spirit into my life in such magnitude that he speaks out of heaven and calls me his son. When he calls me his son, I'm ready for the pronouncement of the blessing of living under an open heaven. And the closer I get, the more heaven opens. It's not, okay, I reached it and now heaven is open. No, 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 no. We are growing in grace. Though our outward men perish, yet our inward man is renewed day by day by day. So there is a process by which I might continually see the heavens open further and further and that voice become clearer and clearer and the pronouncement becomes stronger and stronger and time has nothing to do with it would you like to know how to crank that thing up are you sure okay so come back next sunday night and i'll tell you I got five more minutes at born again. What happened when we're born again, what happens? We become simply adjusted perfectly to God. I'm in right standing with God. I'm in the place now I'll, I'll tell you about it in a minute where I actually am, I am now in the place of innocence, like a baby. God. Okay, so let's track some more. Never mistake the sovereign works of God in salvation or sanctification as final. They are beginnings. You were not saved and sanctified, watch this, once for and for all. Get this, get this in your spirit. It'll help you. You were not saved, you are not sanctified Once and for all, you are saved and sanctified, watch, once and for always. Say it with me. I'm not saved once and for all. I'm saved once and for always. In other words, you are now positioned for this walk of maturity that has a prize. (laughs) Woo! Say, there's a carrot to this thing. Say it. There's a carrot to this thing. Watch. The end or the goal is that, number one, we become partakers of the divine nature. Oh, God, I just said something. Partakers. You living payday to payday in a one-bedroom apartment become partakers of the divine nature. Hey. Secondly, I'll have to come back and preach that. Secondly, you build yourselves up on your most holy faith. Say build. Say faith builds. Thirdly, You eventually grow up or mature into him in all things who is the head, even Christ. So his nature becomes formed in you so that you become, become a son of God. Some of you trying to become a man of God before you're a son of God. Okay, I got to give you at least one freak. You want to freak? Genesis chapter 1. Right quick, right quick, right quick. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis, Genesis, Genesis. Genesis chapter (laughs) 1, verse 26. And God said, let us make man. You with me? So God is creating the original Adam. Yes? The original son of God. Right, And God said, let us make that man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have what? Dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Did Adam have dominion over eagles? Did he? It's not a trick question. Did he have dominion over whales? Did he have dominion over minnows? Did he have dominion over Bob White Quail? Did he have dominion over white-tailed deer? Did he have dominion over all the earth? Did he have dominion over every single thing on the earth? No. There is one thing that he did not have dominion over himself. I saw that. I actually was laying in my bed and I fell out of the bed and I fell on my face. And I said, How could I have never seen it? He said, That's all right. I'm giving you revelation knowledge to empower you to become my son. You can take your place as a believer, stomp your foot and announce your dominion over everything. Your problem is what you spend most of your time having dominion over God never said, belong to you. You have no right to yourself. Not in what you wear, not in what you eat, not in what you drink, not in what you say, not in what you do, not in what you go, not in what you are. No right to you. Not to who you marry, not to how many children you have. not to what you will and will not do, not to where you will work and where you will not, not to when you show up to work and when you don't, not to how you wear the hair on your head. You have no right to you. He purchased you. Your thoughts. Let this mind be in you. Which was in Christ Jesus also. Oh you're not shouting and bucking and falling out now. In him we live. In him we move, in him we have our being. And bringing, how's that verse start? And bringing every thought. What's the beginning of that verse? What's the beginning of that verse? Thank you, elder. Casting down every imagination and every high and lofty thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We don't have a right to decide we're going home at 9 o'clock. Oh, i gotta hurry i promised i wouldn't teach any of it genesis 128 adam had dominion over everything but himself god was to have absolute dominion over adam adam had the responsibility in his own maturing which was accomplished by obedience to God's word not to Adam's own reasoning how do i mature how do i grow when you are born again The Son of God, Jesus Christ, is birthed, watch me, into your human nature. Your human nature then must be transformed by the indwelling life of the Holy Spirit. You have been given power to sacrifice, natural life or the natural way of living to the will of God. That's all I've been given the power to do. I have been given the power to put down the natural way of living and to replace it with the will of God, through obedience. Through this process, I mature. That's why there are some folks that are mature Christians by the time they're 17 years of age, and some folks have been in the church 50 years and have not even begun to reach adolescence, much less maturity. You can recognize them. They're always the ones needing somebody to feed them, to change their diapers, fix their mess. They whine a lot. And the only way they know to communicate They have not learned to use words. Ah, you know, i ought to just quit. God asked me one time when I was on my knees, what are you doing? I said, I'm praying. He said, no, you're not. You're complaining. Okay. 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 I got to hurry. You have been given the power to sacrifice natural life to the will of God. The contrary of that is spiritual insubordination, which means not bringing your thoughts and actions captive to the obedience of Christ. Watch me. Here's what the devil said to Adam and Eve, or to Eve, first of all, and then to Adam, through her. Hath God said. What's he aiming at? He's aiming at God's dominion over Adam, causing him to question God. And God's authority and dominion in Adam's life. Hath he said, and then he continued, Knowing you shall be like, you shall not surely die, but you shall be like God, knowing good from evil. In other words, you will become, Adam, God over yourself. Sin, let me give you a definition of sin. Here's what sin is. Sin is not, uh, I don't know, you got on the internet and looked at profane pictures. Sin is not, you became drunken. It's the outgrowth of sin. It is the effect of sin. It is not sin. Sin Sin is my claim to my right to myself. That's why I get drunk, because I want to. That's why I looked at the filthiness on the internet, because I want to. That's why I slapped my wife, because I want to. That's why I didn't pay my tithe, because I didn't want to. That's why I acted in rebellion to my parents, because I wanted to. That's why I left my husband, because I wanted to. That's why I went and gambled away my family's money, because I wanted to because I have a right to be happy. Your problem is you think you know the difference between good and evil, and you think those things are going to make you happy when in reality you have tried to replace God in your life, and I'm gonna give you something right here that's gonna freak you out. That's why I wear my clothes the way I do, because I want to. That's where I, why I'll go where I want to cause I want to. My claim to my right, to myself is the root of all sin. Because God never gave you dominion over yourself. Now I know you want me to smile and everybody be happy and and tell you a joke and stuff, but man, somebody has got to mature i got to find somebody that I'm going to burden this stuff to, because somebody along the way has had enough ice cream. huh? All right. All right, watch this. If I'm God's son, I give up my right to my claim to myself. Luke three twenty three, Jesus is now 30 years of age. He's reached spiritual maturity, not in years, but in obedience to the will of God. When we do what we want, oh man, in our natural life, when we do what we want, it always leads to immorality. When we do what we want in our natural lives, it inevitably leads to immorality. From laziness to slothfulness to not working an honest day's work for an honest day's wage to whatever we do that is contrary to the divine will and edict of God as expressed in his word, it will eventually and inevitably, without, ever, without res- reservation, it will lead to immorality. If you're lazy at work, you'll be lazy in your family. If you're lazy in your family, you'll be lazy in your relationship with your wife. If you're lazy in your relationship with your wife, somebody will bat her eyes at you and turn your head. And then you'll go that way because, after all, that's what you want. When we do, however, what God wants, it always leads to growth in grace. Let me give you these. I only got, I only got three more. Freedom is not the absence of the law. Freedom is the empowering to keep the law. Two different things. Everybody says in America, two things. Number one, we are a land of freedom, the land of the free and the home of the brave, right? And on the other hand, when we're talking about border security, huh? we say we are a nation of laws. So how would we think that freedom is the absence of law? In other words, I can do what I want because there's no law that restricts me from doing what I want in the kingdom. I can do what I want in the kingdom. I am free. No, you are free to choose. Now, here's the whole thing. Here is the crux of everything that I want to tell you. Here it is. John 3, 7 and John 1, 12, as many as received him to them, he gave the power to become the sons of God. When we are born again, John 3, 7, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. When we are born again, we enter innocence, right? When a child is born, could you accuse it of a crime? Why? Because it's broken no law. It has no ability to choose right from wrong. It is therefore innocent. When I am born again, I return to the created state. I am redeemed. Galatians 3.13. He has redeemed us from the curse of the law. For it is written, "Curses is anyone that hangeth upon a tree? That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through faith. What is he saying? I am returned, redeemed, returned to the original state of affairs. As Adam was, so I am. The moment I am born again, I return to that state of innocence. Do you remember that Adam and Eve had no clothing? It was only after they sinned that they needed clothing. i am not even go there. They were innocent. To become mature, we must do as Jesus did. We must, what what, what is innocence? Innocence is the untried possibility of holiness. What's innocence? The untried possibility of holiness. I don't know if you are holy or not because in your innocence you are untried. That's why he placed a tree in the middle of the garden and said, don't eat from that tree. He had to try their innocence and see if through a moral choice, they would become holy through a consistent presentation of temptation to live the natural life, the natural way. I have a consistent and ongoing day-by-day process of trying my innocence and through a moral decision, turning innocence into holiness. I'm confronted with the computer. I will make a moral decision based on God's word and command or what I want to do. If I choose my way, it will produce immorality and separate me further from holiness. Do you know what holiness is? Holiness is power to become sons of God. God is absolutely powerful for the express reason that he is absolutely holy. He is absolutely holy, pure, therefore, he is absolutely powerful. If you take crude oil and you refine it, you first come up with kerosene. It burns at a certain heat level. It puts off a certain amount of uh, exhaust. But if you refine it more, take out more of the impurities, then you'll get gasoline. But if you take out more of the impurities, gasoline burns hotter than kerosene. But jet fuel burns hotter than gasoline. Why? You continue to extract the impurities. As the impurities are extracted, that thing becomes holy. It becomes pure. The more holy or pure it becomes, the more power it has. So as I am confronted daily, God does not confront me with evil to tempt me but to prove me. Have you tried my servant rod? Put it up in front of him. Let him bat those eyelashes. And every time he chooses my word, I will purify him to become my son that I may pronounce my blessing upon him. We transform innocence to holiness by a series of moral choices. You want Jubilee? Jubilee comes in Luke chapter four, part B. Before Jubilee in Luke four B is Luke four A. And the spirit of the Lord drove him into the wilderness to be tested and Satan, presented himself to the lord and he answered it is written moral choice second time he's feeling stronger now yeah. it is written more power third time temptation more power it is written yeah. Now he's ready to come out of that proving walk into the devil's lair and announce this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. So tomorrow you will be faced with a thousand moral choices. Will I tell the truth or will I skirt the issue? Will I, will I let the pastor think I'm at work and have my secretary cover for me? Or will I be moral? Will I give the girl at the checkout line a 10 And she gives me change from a 20 or will I be moral? Will I get somewhere with my so-called boyfriend and pet and do ungodly things? Or will I make the moral choice? Will I respond in anger? Or will I hold my tongue between the ivory bars of my teeth and be slow to speak? Will I complain and criticize and backbite and tailbear and ridicule? Or will I bless? Well, I was driving down the road the other day. Somebody made me so pop-eyed mad I could spit. And up out of my spirit, elder, came these words, pray for those. And they were wrong. I'm telling you right now. They were so wrong, it was like rain on the 4th of July. They were wrong, brother. And God said, I know they're wrong. And faced me with a moral choice and spoke up out of my spirit, pray for those that despitefully use you. A moral choice. Let us grow into maturity. Let us walk in the nature and the character of Christ. Let us continue to see his hands force open the heavens by a thousand moral choices that we will make tomorrow that will produce holiness in us and not immorality. In the name of Jesus, let it be so. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, no easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day, and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.